This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. It's an interesting thing that we have such a holiday, if you think about it. You know, uh, growing up with it, you, you kind of just take it for granted that, well, yeah, there's Mother's Day, but... But to create a holiday when there wasn't one, to conceive the idea that we need to set aside a special day for mothers. I think that was a good idea. You know, if it wasn't for mothers, none of us would be here. When my, uh, when my mom was raising me, of course, I don't really remember this, but I remember the chair. She had this white rocking chair. And she would get up in the middle of the night and sit in that rocking chair and nurse her boys. And she's still, she's still mothering today. Forty-six years of mothering. Sometimes it's, a, uh, it's an exalted position, and other times it's a thankless job. So we have a day. Of all the things that mothers do, who can, who can count them? Milton Berle old comedian, said, if, if evolution is real, well, then how come mothers only have two hands? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Mommy's only got two hands. But what she does with them, right? It's amazing. You know, when I was too scared to tell dad, I told mom. Because there's nothing in this world like a mom. Irreplaceable position. So in honoring the mothers among us today, I wanted to both, uh, to acknowledge both their hallowed calling, the hallowed calling, And acknowledge that it's tough. It can be real tough at times. And discouraging. But God is with us. And he's with y'all. I'd like to attempt to encourage uh, the moms to keep it up 
and encourage the rest of us to really support them. Because they deserve it. They deserve that from us. We owe it to them. Add more. Husbands, let us be close by their sides. Just like we were when they uh, brought these precious children into this world. You know, close by their sides. By no means has their labor ended. So let's stick, stick by them. I'd like for us to consider... I suppose the world's most famous mom, Mary, the mother of Jesus, chosen by God. So let's turn to Luke chapter 1. I'll start in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered or wondered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Wow. Now that's a calling. Have you heard people say, you know, I received a calling of the Lord. Well, Mary certainly did, didn't she? Not just any angel, I mean, it's Gabriel, you know, one of the few named angels, one of the two named angels in the Bible, sent by God to Mary. I envision the throne room of heaven in all of its just glory with God sitting on high, beaming and radiating having summoned Gabriel, the angel, who now stands before God at the base of the throne, receiving this command to go to Mary. 
this sending. And upon receiving that, in immediate obedience, with no hesitation, he turns in a military-like fashion and bolts like a blast of a laser out through the front door to Nazareth. And greets Mary there. The point is that God is in this. This is of God. And there is no mistake. There is no doubt. There is no questioning. There is no second guessing. This is straight from God himself. It couldn't be any more official and heavenly than it is. It's God's plan. You know, sometimes we say, yeah, yeah, that's well, it's, it's all part of God's plan. Well, this isn't part of God's plan. This is God's plan, right? All the other things that, that are part of God's plan, this is the plan that they're a part of, right? <laughs> this is the plan. The coming of the Lord Jesus. This is it. Have you ever made plans for your kids? You know, <laughs> when, uh, when we were first, you know, looking to become parents, it was like we were getting, you know, car seats, and uh, we actually got a different, you know, bought a different vehicle, and we got beds prepared and rooms set up. Um, when Ariel was born, you know, our first baby, we got the, uh, you know, the, the, the nursery, you know, set, and like the, the, the bassinet, you know, that, and we had plans, right? It's like, okay, well, this bassinet will be right by the bedside, so in the middle of the night, you know, for feedings and whatnot, she'll be right there, you know. And plans, all these plans, and parents make all kinds of plans, right? They, they, okay, we're going to plan to maybe move to a different neighborhood. They want their kids to grow up in a good neighborhood. So they, they, they plan to move to a good neighborhood or they, they move to a different city or, or you know, maybe even country. They, they have plans for school. Maybe that's part of the move. They want their kids to attend a good school. Or maybe they, you know, they have plans for a college, right? We have, we have a special uh, federal, you know, tax-sheltered savings plan for saving for college education. We're making plans. Let's look back at God's plan for Jesus that Gabriel relayed to Mary. He will be great. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. I mean, these aren't just God's plans, right? These are God's promises. This is how it's going to be, Mary. There's a. He's going to be the son of the highest, going to be king of the kingdom. There will be no end. Well, oh, 
you know, I guess we're done here then, right? We can, <laughs> everything's set. Nothing to uh, worry about. Nothing to concern ourselves with. This thing is done. Signed, sealed, and delivered. God has said it. Nothing left for us to think about. Right? And how does this how does this encounter end? This angelic visit. How does it end? Well, it ends with this amazing young woman's humble submission to God's will. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. What a response, right? It's a famous response. It's famous because it's so beautiful, so perfect. I mean... If you, if you go back to the Old Testament and you read through all of the different things that happened, you know, so many years ago in this world, you read about how people reacted to God and their situations. And what I love about some of those situations and some of those encounters are, are how some people um, just really cried out to God, it was really humble and submissive to God. On the other hand, you got like the Pharaohs, right? The Pharaoh encounters where they're just stubborn and, you know, wall up against God. But you've got the other ones, you know, the Abrahams. Abraham, go on. All right. Abraham, go sacrifice your son. And he does it, or goes to do it. I really like Hezekiah's prayer, right? King Sennacherib is sent to siege Jerusalem, and Hezekiah has got this very humble prayer. And there's just a vast ocean of enemy soldiers outside the gates, and that humble prayer is like, after I'm reading that, it's like, you know what's going to happen. Even if we don't know the rest of the story, you know, it's, it's like, we know. When, you, when you're humble and submissive to God, God sees things through. And, of course, we know that the angel of the Lord went out into the camp and wiped out this incredible army. And that was the end of that. So we have here Mary's humble submission to these outstanding promises. It's, it's golden. It, I mean, it's got that gold stamp on it. We know things are going to go, you know, according to God's plan. So what could go wrong? It starts off with a visit from an angel and a literal miracle. Right? What could go wrong? I imagine Mary saying, what do you, what do you mean we have to go to Bethlehem? What, what now? Oh, I'm, I'm, due, I'm due any day. What do, you, what do you mean they don't have any vacancy? 
What do you mean they don't have any vacancy either? <laughs> I can't believe that nobody has a single vacancy. I think I'm having a contraction. A, a barn? I thought God was in this. Where's, where's, the, where's, where's the angel now, the Gabriel? You know, where, where, where's the, uh, uh, the uh, maternity ward? You know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Have you ever second-guessed your own plans? Have you ever had plans that just didn't work out? Especially for your kids, moms. Things sometimes just don't work out like you think, like, like you foresee, like you want. And sometimes they're just, it's, it's like everything's fighting against you, isn't it? Well, they have some spectacular encounters while they're in Bethlehem. But then they got to flee to Egypt. Just, just to be clear, that's in the opposite direction from home. Right, Nazareth is north. They're headed south to Egypt, out of the country. Forced out of the country. It just doesn't seem sometimes like things go the way we want them to. Here she is with this little boy. Her and Joseph out in the middle of who knows where on their way to Egypt. It's tough to understand sometimes, isn't it? We just don't always have the answers. Well, they make it back to Nazareth, don't they? They make it back home. It's been a while, but they back, they're back among relatives. And Jesus continues to grow. And you know, there's something about Jesus that's obviously different. If we look at Luke chapter 2, verse 40, it reads, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. Do you hear that said a lot, a, a lot about kids being filled with wisdom? No. <laughs> and the grace of God was upon him. So I think sometimes we understand what we, when we hear a kid that, about a kid that he's strong-spirited, right? But that's not, the, that's not the strong in spirit that Luke's talking about here. Because this is 
strong in spirit for a kid that's filled with wisdom and the grace of God is upon him. There's something obviously different about Jesus as he's growing up, just as a boy. You know, I once read, read a quote somewhere or heard that a mother knows the things that her child doesn't say, right? Moms, you know your kids. You know them inside and out. It's like you know what they're thinking, right? Mom's got eyes in the back of her head. She knew something was different about Jesus. Do they, do you think everybody else sees the differences? I, th I think they probably do. But I think Mary especially knows that there's difference with Jesus. I wonder if it becomes clear to her that he is of God himself. That's chapter 2, verse 40. Chapter 2, 41 to uh, 49, the next, the next passage there. They lose him. They lose him in Jerusalem. They take him to Jerusalem. All right, Jesus, you can go to Jerusalem with us. <clears throat> and then he gets lost. I thought God was in this. What's going on? I mean, put, can, you, can you put your... What would Mary be going through, right? And Joseph, too. They figured that he was with them. And so for a day, they searched for him amongst their relatives and acquaintances as they're headed back home. And a day's worth of that didn't get them anywhere. And so now they've gone a day in the wrong direction. They've got to get back. They're probably sprinting back to Jerusalem. What's going on? How does, how does this happen? Uh, I mean, just why? Why does, why does this happen? That's what Mary asks, right? I mean, verse 48, we can clearly see um, that the, the despair, the panic, the fear that was in her. When they finally find him, she says, son, why? Why have you done this? To us. Never feel like your children do things to you? So did Mary. And she asked why. Why? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. No surprise. This has been traumatic. Of course. Of course it's traumatic. What do you think was going through Mary's mind for three days? Thinking about all that she all what she could have done differently? Thinks what she should have done differently. How could I have Why didn't I 
How many times do you think she broke down in tears? Panicked. I guess that she probably did because God chose a woman that would love her son like a mother should, just like the mothers I see here today. I haven't, I don't know all of y'all perfectly. I haven't always been around you. But I know y'all well enough. You've cried for your kids. It's what mothers do. Right? You've been there, right? Distressed, frustrated, maybe by a lack of results. Not knowing, even despairing over what to do next. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by your own inadequacies or guilt-ridden over something. At times, even just exasperated. Maybe you've even thought to yourself, I'm not a good mother. Well, I wonder if Mary didn't go through all of that too. And you know what? For all that she went through, we have Jesus for it. just to kind of put things in perspective, right? And Jesus saves you. And Jesus redeems you. Redeems us all. I mean, so about those promises of God, those plans of God, Were those ever in any threat of being interrupted? No. Never once. God knew what was coming. He knew every day of what lied before, lay before Mary. And you know what? It was going to be okay. It's going to be okay. If you say, I'm not enough, I'm insufficient, God says, my grace is sufficient. If you say, I messed up, I've messed up, my heart condemns me, God says, I am greater than your heart. If you say, I've tried everything but nothing works, God says, You plant in water, and I give the increase. If you say, I don't know what to do, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you.
hang tight to the promises of God. It's, it's a tough world we live in, and sometimes it, it's really tough and hard, worse than others. And it's those times when we really need to keep our eyes fo- focused on Jesus and to look to him. Look to him to, to do the, the lifting, to do the working. It's by the power of God that all of this happens anyways. Look to him. From Hebrews chapter 6, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, surely. And multiplying, I will multiply you. I think there were some doubts. Sarah didn't think she could do it, did she? Here's Hagar. But God said, no, no, you're going to do this. She laughed. She laughed. She thought it was that preposterous that she laughed. No, because it's God. It's not us. It's not by your own strength that you have to do all of this. God is doing it. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Mary certainly saw that. But God does it. Thus God, oh, verse 15 from Hebrews 6. And so, after Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. It was a long wait. It was a long wait for Abraham. It's a long wait for Sarah. They went through some rough times. But they patiently endured and obtained the promise. Thus, God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have, you might have, strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. This has been one of my favorite verses of late. Therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, that is set before you moms. It's not, it's, it's not just a quick jaunt, is it? It's not just a walk around the neighborhood. It's an endurance race. Husbands, let us, let us consider that for the moms and be there for them. And, doing, and in that race, 
Let us be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We look to Jesus. You know, one of my favorite illustrations from, from the New Testament, it's got to be Jesus walking on the water and then calling Peter out to him, right? Come on, Peter. Come on out then if you want to come out. Come on out here. And Peter comes walking on the water. And we all know Peter, Peter gets distracted, right? We don't criticize. I mean, those of us that are old enough to know, you don't criticize Peter here because we're all Peters, right? We all get out there on those, on those boisterous waves and the wind is howling. And we start looking around. Lord, save us. Right? That's me. That, that's me. Right, I'm, I'm in the water, hand up. <laughs> it's, let's keep looking to Jesus. It's him. He does this. We endure. We plant, we water. And he's got this. Trust in him at all times, you people. Psalm 62, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. This is something that I, I feel like I need to do, I don't know, more often all the time. Pour out our hearts. It's time in prayer. Pouring out the heart. Through Christ, you can do all things, right? Through Christ, you can do this. Because it's not you, but it's the power of God. I want you to consider one more thing. God chose Mary. He didn't just entrust his son to anybody, did he? Blessed are you among women. God has chosen you. For the kids you have, God has brought you and them together. He has not made a mistake with Mary. Right? He didn't look back and, at, at, at the things that happened and God's like up in the throne room, Mary, what are you doing? You know? No, he, he picked the right one in Mary. And all that she go, went through, he picked the right one. And he picked the right one, the right mom in you. He did not make a mistake. He who knows everything doesn't make mistakes. We may make mistakes, but he does not. 
And he knows about our mistakes even before we make them anyways. He's already made provision for that too. You believe that? Just how far in advance do you think God thinks? Well, I'll tell you. All the way. He's thought all the moves. He's done it all. It's done. He's already there. So it's going to be okay. Mary would lose her son again. This time on a cross and to the grave. But as before, just for three days. Just for three days. And things haven't ever been the same since. After the resurrection, I wonder, I wonder if she remembered that first time she lost him over 20 years ago. And I wonder if she remembered his answer as to why. I must be about my father's business. In Proverbs 31, a virtuous wife, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but moms, you surpass them all. So happy Mother's Day. <laughs> happy Mother's Day and thank you, moms, for all that you do. It's hard. Let us acknowledge that and be all the more thankful and all the more supportive. Kids, let's give our moms a break, right? Let's just give them a break. <laughs> well, that's the message for today. If you're here and you haven't yet to surrender all to Christ, to submit to him humbly, entirely, to put him on in baptism, then now's the time for that. Why wait any longer? Wasn't that what Ananias asked, asked Saul? Why, why wait? Arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins. If you need the prayers of the church, and who doesn't? I just got them, right? Today I'm the preacher, and the preacher's getting prayers from the church. If the preacher needs the prayers from the church, then don't the rest of us. So if you need that done publicly, then here's your opportunity. Otherwise, open up to one another. Tap into the power of Christ's body, the power of prayer, for he hears his children. Let's be standing as we sing.
We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.